0: Good stuff. You know, I love it when uh, you get to play golf and raise money for something that matters. Matter of fact, my wife, that's my wife, if you didn't know that, she said to me, I'm so excited. Pastor Scott called me and and said they want to partner with us for the golf tournament and their U-Count and and, uh, part of the fees go into this and that, and she said, so I just want to make sure that you are going to play golf at the country club on that Monday. I said, okay. I said, but remember, you owe me. <laughs> so it's going to be a blast. How you doing today? So far so good? It is great to see you on a beautiful summer day. I've, I just sort of committed that I will not complain no matter how hot it gets after this long winter we had. And uh, just enjoy the heat. Yeah, just enjoy it. Have fun with it. And uh, it's amazing what a, a great time it is in beautiful Colorado. Some of you are guests today. We're just so glad you're here, visiting this great state in northern Colorado. But I hope you're having fun, and thanks for being at Timberline, guys. We're trying to learn, and we're learning together. And this weekend has me stumped a little bit. Okay, I've been I've been really walking through some powerful thoughts for me, and I'm going to bring it to you, and we're going to ponder it together. I've been in a a three-week series on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? What does it really mean to be led by God? And is it spooky? Is it mysterious? Is it, what does it look like for someone who's a follower of Jesus to be led by the Spirit? And so I've called it Beyond You. Beyond You. If you have a bulletin, go to the back page and it'll say Beyond You. And I've talked about, you know, how the Spirit can help us and lead us in ways that are beyond our natural abilities. And I want that in my life. I want that in your life. And today is about inner peace. How do we find and can we truly have peace, deep inner peace in our lives? If I were to say, be completely brutally honest and write on that outline, yes or no, I have true inner peace, I wonder what you would write down. Because we're in a culture and a world where peace Real peace is, is very elusive. Would you agree? I was thinking about all the things people do to try to get peace. From addictive behaviors, going through relationships one at a time, just bam, 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 looking for something that, that they just can't find. I think of drug addiction. I think of other addictions. Substance abuse, illegal and illegal. I think of people just thinking money's the answer. Um, it goes on and on. How can I have peace, and will I know it when I have it? And when I do have it, will I even recognize it, if I'm really anchored in God? So all these questions have kind of been digging into me a little bit, so so I'm bringing it to you, all right, and you're going to solve it today. So I have like five questions on the back of your bulletin that we need to ponder a little bit, but before we do, let me read from John 14, because it sets up this idea that the Holy Spirit is leading our lives. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and he makes this statement to his followers. says this, verse 15, If you love me, obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Who would that be? It says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Because He lives with you now and later will be in you. And that's an important part because Jesus would leave and then the Holy Spirit would live in those who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you've done that, you are the dwelling place where the Holy Spirit lives. He doesn't live in buildings like this and, and when we leave He goes, oh, I hope they come back. He lives in us. He goes with us. And He's a part of our daily process. So think of that. Keep that in mind. Now, where I'm going to go now is to a, a passage that you are familiar with, probably. If you've been around church very long, it's, it's the book of Philippians, which Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. They had a great relationship. He's encouraging them. There's been persecution. There have been challenges. And so he's talking about the peace of God. And how you get that peace. And what happens with that peace. Now, I'm warning you, this is one of those passages that many of you, maybe you even have. How many of you put like Bible scriptures and frames on your wall in your house somewhere? Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, and you kind of see it and you walk in. It is fascinating to me, though, that some people put them in the restroom. <laughs> you ever thought of I went into a restroom the other day and there was this beautiful framed plaque right above the toilet. And it said, like, peace, the peace of God be with you and everything. It just <laughs> Is that odd to you? It's just so odd to me. Anyway, it doesn't really matter here. I don't even know why I said that. Let's move on. Philippians 4, verse 4. It says this, Philippians 4, 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And then here's the verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, okay, then, that's an important word, you will experience what? God's peace. You will experience it, which exceeds anything we can understand. That's that's comparing the divine to the human. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things because they're excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the what? God of peace. The God of peace will be with you. So, obviously I have more questions than answers. Let's go. Consider these things in your outline. There are five things that are all questions that I want you to think about with me. Number one, according to what we just read, is it possible to pray out my worries? Based on what it said, there's an implication here that if I pray more, my worries will go away. And I'm I'm posing that as a question. If you pray more, do your worries leave? Or does that depend on something else in your prayer? Let me remind you of what it says. Verse 6a. Don't worry about anything. Instead, implication, pray about everything. Like, if I'm praying about this, I don't have to worry about this. So I, I, I sort of look at this whole thing and I say, okay, let's just talk about worry. What is worry to start with? What, if you looked it up in the dictionary, this is what it says. It's a verb, and it says, to give way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles, to cause to feel anxiety or concern. And as I read that, I thought, okay, is all worry and anxiety bad? Is there such a thing as positive stress? or positive anxiety. So then I started thinking about what are the things in my life that might be positive if I'm stressing out about it a little bit. Like, for instance, if your car right now has four bald tires on it, it the stress of that and the worry and the anxiety of that might be a good thing. How many of you would agree? You should worry about that. You should be thinking, I probably need to get some new tires. If, if you want your kids to be safe, if you have children, that's... That anxiety over that might make you a better teacher or trainer of how to live safe in our world, right? You with me on that? So, so not, I don't want to stand up here and just say this weekend, don't worry, be happy, okay? Because sometimes the, the tension in our mind and lives are, are what protects us and keeps us and motivates us toward even God. But where does it cross the line when worry actually becomes a huge hindrance... To what faith is in our lives as the Spirit of God is trying to lead us. These are the things I, I'm thinking about a lot. How does prayer change my worry? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to do something or try just a little test this week. How many of you, when you pray, you think your prayers rather than verbalize them either through a whisper or a normal conversational tone. You typically, when you, if you have a prayer time with God, it's thinking prayers rather than saying prayers. So raise your hand. Okay. I want to ask this crowd who just lifted your hands to try something this week. And that is to actually verbalize your prayer out loud. Now you might feel funny at first because you've been thinking it, but it's very different. You try both. Try both. <laughs> sounds silly, doesn't it? Try both and you'll find out when you verbalize your prayer out loud in the room, it feels very different than when you just think it. Because when you think it, your brain has the capacity to go six to seven times faster than what you can verbalize. And verbalizing forces you into actually saying the words and thinking through what it is that's troubling you. And when I hear it back, I always pray out loud, not real loud, but just in conversational tones. When I hear my prayers, sometimes it changes how my next sentence is structured. Because I'm hearing myself pray. It might sound silly. Just how many of you will try it? Give it a shot. Please do. I really want you to try it. And, and make a note to do that. Because when you verbalize your prayer, I think, it, I think sometimes God's thoughts come in different ways. I had someone after, after the last service come up and say, it's even different yet for me when I write my prayers. And I thought, that's a great idea. I don't journal a lot. Every now and then I go through phases, but I would encourage you to think about that. Second question in your notes is, does knowing, quote, God knows, end quote, bring me peace? And how much peace will that bring me? Because of what Paul says here, there's another implication that if I say it, if I tell him, that that might be one of the roads to being at peace in my own life. And it says this, the verse 6b. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Now I have a question about this. How many of you know it's in the Bible somewhere where it says, God knows what you need before you ask? It's in there. Okay? So why is Paul saying, tell God what you need if God already knows? (laughs) Is God confused? See, if He already knows, then my conversation with God could easily just become... Yep, yep, yep. All right, talk to you tomorrow. Because he knows, he's putting it in me, he knows. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, say it. Get it out of you. Guys, there's something uniquely spiritual about you getting this out and vocalizing it and saying it. We have a ton of great counselors in our church and in our world. And I believe at certain levels of counseling, their greatest job is just to get people to talk, just to get them to verbalize what it is that's inside. That's why we are invited to talk to God. That's why we are invited to say, tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's already done. But tell him, don't be afraid. In relationships, we do this all the time. Have you ever just said, look, I just need you to know something, even if we believe they already know it. Sometimes I've said to Bonnie or she has said to me, look, I just I just need to know that this has been said. And it's just to have an understanding that we're all on the same page. Sometimes when I bring my anxiety or my worry to God over some, some issue or whatever, or one of you, um, I, that was a joke. Um, I I honestly have to say, Lord, this is beyond me, and I... I can't just live in, with this anxiety. I, I'm trusting you. Show me. And I, I can honestly tell you, there are times when I I feel a sense of peace when I pray that way, and I truly offer it to God. And it's about trust and faith coming together as I verbalize that need. And I recognize I can't fix it, I can't change it, but I trust God more than I trust me. So So sometimes knowing God knows... Brings me peace, just knowing he knows. Third question. How is experiencing peace different than praying for peace? Because a lot of this is about, you know, pray, pray for peace, tell God your problems. But then there's that part in there that we read that doesn't just say pray about it and maybe you'll get it. Listen to what it says. Then you will what? What? experience god's peace you will experience that's different than just praying and hoping this is a promise that as we as we cast our cares on the lord as we trust in him as as we recognize this is beyond you that the spirit is working as we pray i come to a place where I can absolutely experience the peace of God. And I want to tell you something, I don't understand that. I only know in my experience with God, there have been times I've been quite anxious about something, worried about something, and as I pray, and I trust Him, and I lay it out before Him, I actually can tell you that I experience peace. I truly experience the peace of God. And I don't know why that can happen, because... When I get up from prayer and I don't have that anxiety, the circumstances that I have just prayed for haven't changed. You with me on that? How can it be that I have peace now when the circumstances haven't changed? Here's how. The Holy Spirit of God in the divine realm touches your flesh, your thinking, your mind... And brings peace where you couldn't do it, you couldn't get it even by trying harder. It's a divine thing. And that's why we have such an advantage over people who don't walk with Christ, is because you can truly walk in the reality of inner peace. And that's not attainable for other people who don't have the Holy Spirit working in their lives. But you and I can. It doesn't mean we always do, it just means it's possible. Because I don't know about you, I get frustrated when people just say, just let it go. Don't tell me just to let it go. Well, just get over it. No, I can't get over it. It's not about letting it go or getting over it. My human mind cannot forget. Right? But the Spirit of God can bring something divine to my humanity and touch it. And allow me. Allow me to experience the peace of God that goes beyond my understanding. That's what Paul's saying. My cognitive ability to get it right. I love God for that, you guys. It's powerful. I got to go. Number four. How does His peace guard our heart and mind? A big part of this passage is this little phrase guard our heart and mind and mine it's a it's a huge component especially in light of the culture they lived in and so let me just take you to this verse it's 7b and it says his peace meaning god's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus now let me remind you of something that's going on in the text rome rome was the the dominating force on the earth in the time of Christ. And the time of the Apostle Paul when he's writing this. So Paul, when he's writing this to the church in Philippi, he pulls out a word that these people in this church recognize immediately. When he said, it will guard your heart and mind, what did they see? Guard. He used that word. They saw a big Roman guard standing at his post with spear, sword, and weapons. But most of all, with the authority of Rome to cover whatever actions he made. So when Paul says, it's the peace of God who can guard, they immediately say, wow, there's power here because this comes from somewhere else. This guard represents some big power. The Spirit can guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. See, you and I need to understand that when it says heart and mind, it means my my feelings, my thoughts, and my emotional stability. Paul chose those two words specifically because our thoughts can run away with us. Our emotional stability is based on how we control our thoughts and keep them from running away with us. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, my imagination just ran away? You know, I mean, just... Have you ever, have you ever had like a... In the middle of the night, you wake up out of a deep sleep and you hear a noise... And maybe the night before you were cooking something using a big butcher knife and you like left it on the counter. So you know it's down there in the kitchen. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago you were at a movie and they showed a preview of one of those movies with a killer guy with a black sheet over his head with holes cut out. And it's haunted you ever since you saw that. And the sound you heard sounded exactly like someone with a black sheet over with holes cut out holding the knife holding the knife that you, that you left on your counter, and you know now that that person is in your house with the knife, and you're pretty sure they're coming up the stairs. How many of you understand what I'm saying here? See, when that happens to me, I just immediately say, Bonnie, go, go check that out. <laughs> I'll, honey, I'll pray. <laughs> Our imaginations just go crazy. You guys, that is what happens with worry. That's what happens with anxiety. That's why we need beyond you, beyond me, the Holy Spirit of God to what? To guard, to stand at the post of our thoughts, of our emotional stability. Only God can do that. It's a divine action. It's a willful act of God. Let Him trust it. Walk in faith to say, God, you alone can guard me from running off the deep end with this crazy thought I'm having. Lastly, number five, what is the key? To fixing my thoughts. Fixing my thoughts. To fix my thoughts on what is true and on, on we'll read it in a second. What what is the key to that? How can I is it just more concentration? Is it, you know, mind over matter? Do I need to go to a class on training my thought? What is it? How do I do that? Let me just allude to this and and how Paul wraps this up. It's powerful. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It's kind of like the cap of here's how you can do what we just have been talking. Fix your thoughts and then the list on what is true, honorable, right, pure, Lovely. Admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How can I do that? See, the list is impressive, but I'm, I'm stuck back there on the fixing my thoughts part. Because what does it take to really take charge of my thought life? To really grab it and say with God, I want to partner with the Lord That you are guarding my thoughts and you are guarding my behaviors and you are my guard and I trust you. So that when I feel myself unreeling and I feel the line going out, I need to be able to trust that the Lord and the Spirit are there to guard me. And I do not need to have that panic moment. I realize, you guys, that some of you have a temperament, a DNA thing. How many of you believe we're born as natural worriers, some more than others? And how you're raised has a lot to do with this. But I don't care who you are, how you were raised, or what your DNA tells you. You can have the inner peace of God by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can trust that. And you can walk with that. And you can know He's there. It doesn't mean you ignore worry. It means you respond to it rather than reacting to it. I want to read this in one of my favorite paraphrases of the Bible. It's Eugene Peterson's The Message. And he wrote this just in a wonderful, beautiful, contemporary language. You might just even want to close your eyes and listen. It's the same passage, Philippians 4, 6 and following. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions... And praises shape your worries into prayers. Let it letting God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd Say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for moments like this when we can look at our own lives and our own patterns and trust that the Spirit can live in us beyond us, beyond our thinking, beyond our flesh. Thank you for that, God. Our natural tendencies can have supernatural power working in them because of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that with heads bowed, I'm going to be just need to own it right now. I'm a worrier. You just want to raise your hand to that to God and let him know I'm a worrier. Raise your hand. God bless you. You can put them down. I want you right now, as you recognize that that's kind of your temperament to just somehow say, Lord, from this moment on in my life, worry will not take me out. Worry will not. I'm not going to let things run away. And that's the second thing, is just how many of you would say, I'm not sure that I'm a worrier all the time, but there are moments when my thoughts run away from me, and it just, it goes, and it's very hard to to bring them back. You raise your hand now, just to say, okay, God, I just pray for these right now, both groups, that that from just the, the need to recognize our anxieties, our worries, based on real things most of the time, but that you can help guard our thoughts, our heart, our mind, Thank you for being the guardian over us. We trust you. Show us that it's not because of something we do other than trusting you. By believing you are there, I thank you for it. Lastly, how many of you would just raise a hand to say, you know, I'm not sure I'm anxious or my thoughts run away, but I'm going through something right now where I really need the inner peace of the Spirit. I need to be at peace, and I'm not sure I've found that. It's just something you're facing right now. Just hold up your hand, would you? Lord, we as a church gather around brothers and sisters, young people people in this room who just they're trusting you with this situation in their life and I ask you now to be that God of peace and bring the peace of God to put it in us supernaturally beyond our ability and teach us to lean not to our own understanding but to lay back against you Abba, Father, we pray it. Lord, if there's one in these auditoriums that doesn't know you personally, I pray right now. If you're here today and you don't know Christ and you want to give your life to Him, just say this prayer with me. Lord, I come in faith. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry. I truly am. I recognize them today. But I believe you died on that cross for my sin. And you rose from the dead for me. And I give you my future. I accept forgiveness by faith and faith alone. And I will walk with you the rest of my days. I trust you with my life today. Lord, I pray that each of us will walk out of here as living examples of what inner peace really means. Something the world can't find or have. May we model that to shock others to realize there is a God who can bring peace. In your name we pray this. And everyone said, amen. Lord, you're a mighty God. Our prayer team is going to come in both auditoriums. Would you guys come now? If you want to pray with someone, do that. Lord, we thank you so much for your peace and that it is attainable through your Spirit. Help us to walk in that as we walk out of this room into a not-so-peaceful world. May we bring peace, the peace of God, the God of peace, everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's declare it. I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Go by, sign up for stuff out in the mall, visit the tables, and uh, come up and let us pray with you if you need that. Have a great weekend.